Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? I've been expecting amazing things tonight. (laughs) I have felt over the past couple weeks um, just the Lord's presence so strongly, almost like a robe, like a blanket encasing uh, myself and my family. And, you know, it's amazing. Uh, Tony uh, came up here and was talking about the bad report uh, they had received. But God, but God, (laughs) see, the amazing thing is, is the fact that when you get a negative report, you can hear a bad doctor's report. You can see that your bank account is bleeding because everything is in red. You can have a bad day. You can be getting beaten up. You can have the haters telling you, no, no, no. You're never going to make it. You're never going to succeed. You are absolutely nothing. You are not going to amount to anything but God. But God. So I am so tremendously um, thankful for the opportunity to be able to bring the word to you all tonight. It is an honor. I will not lie. I will say that I am, for the very first time, behind the pulpit and nervous. (laughs) Because it has taken on a new meaning to share the word. When you get underneath of training of a man of God and a woman of God who rightly divide the word, who speak the word in in truth, who expect that when you are behind the pulpit, you are accountable for the things that you say. It brings a new light to things. So the Lord laid two different messages on my heart, and it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I appreciate even more uh, Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather when, when they have messages because I can only imagine that if I'm getting two or three at a time that they've got to be flooded like every five minutes with new messages. And I'm like, guys, yeah, for real, the struggle is real. <laughs> what am I doing here, Lord? So, uh, but tonight I want to talk to you guys about practicing the presence of God. Practicing the presence of the Lord. So we receive revelation and impartation, laying out of hands and encounters with Christ, not to hoard it, but to use it to grow the church. We receive our knowledge of the word for one specific purpose, and that is to bring the lost to salvation. We read... In Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and for what reason? Holy Spirit gives us knowledge, but it's to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Our impartation of the Holy Spirit and power 
is for a specific purpose, and that is to carry out the works and the acts of Jesus Christ. We carry out the works. Matthew 10, 7 says, And you go, proclaim this message to the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. See, the more that we give, the more that we can receive. And no, I'm not preaching another uh, tithing message here, but... More so on the realism of our everyday life. Freely we have been given, and freely we should be giving away. Have you ever tried to receive something from somebody with a closed hand? It doesn't work out too well. If I'm going to go ahead and, and grab that $100 bill from Pastor Sad to hand out, I can't grab them from him or give them to you with a closed hand. And with a closed fist. See, I have to live my life open-handedly in every single area of my life, whether that be finances, the giftings that the Lord has placed on my life, the abilities that the Lord has placed on your life. Freely we have been given and freely we shall give it away. See, the more that we give, the more the lives are touched. And the more lives are touched, the more salvation that happens. And so... It is a cycle, and the more that he can get to us, the more that he can flow through us, right? If, you're, if you are trusted with little, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. The Lord won't trust you with much, but you have to be faithful with what the Lord has given you by living open-handedly. I'm believing tonight. I am believing tonight that the Lord is going to be sparking hunger in your lives. I believe that the Lord is going to put some people on an accelerated path tonight. I firmly believe that. A couple weekends ago, we had our Miracle Weekend services. How many, how many were here for a Miracle Weekend? It was absolutely amazing. We saw so many miraculous things here. It was crazy. I mean, I've seen some stuff, but I had not seen that stuff. Okay? That was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, we saw deaf ears opened right here at the altar. Again, you know, Pastor Zach was alluding to the fact that the, you, you could see it when it happened on her face. I was up here uh, being a catcher. And a catcher and a catcher and a catcher. <laughs> and the look on her face was absolutely amazing. You could actually see it when it happened. We had deaf ears open. We had vision restored. We had COPD healed. We had chronic pain gone. We had demons cast out and gone. We had, we had depression leave. We had joy come into people. We had lives transformed and so many things. And why? Because of the presence of God. The presence of God. See, when God brings his presence, he brings his power. Where the presence of God is, there's the power of God. See, they, they coincide, they come hand in hand. You can't have his presence without him bringing his power. And you don't get power unless he brings his presence. It's absolutely impossible to have one without the other. 
there's something different when you get into his presence. See, you, you can be going through some stuff. You can be walking through some stuff. You can be struggling with some things. You can have some addictions that are still kind of hanging on. You could have your bank account going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and saying, God, what is going on here? You could have a bad doctor's report. You could have all of these different things that are going on, but there's something different when you get into his presence. See, you can tell your spouse, you can tell your friends, you can tell your girlfriends, you can tell your boyfriends, you can put it on Facebook, you can duck lip it on Snapchat, you can do... You can do whatever it is that you want to do, but nothing changes until you start laying it down before the feet of Jesus and you get into his presence because that's when your situation changes. That's when the breakthrough comes. That's when the chains fall off. That's when the addiction is gone. That's when you see that red turned into black in your bank account. That's when the doctor says, I have no idea what happened here. Something has miraculously changed because I got into the presence of the Lord. That is when things change. The presence. See, if I start laughing, then Mandy will start laughing. If Mandy starts laughing, Jen will start laughing, and then we, it's all done. <clears throat> oh, Lord, help us. Okay, so the presence of the Lord happens when we enter into the secret place with God. The secret place, what do I mean by the secret place? The secret place is very simple. It is the place of yielding to the Lord. Unfortunately, very few people touch the secret place. Very few people get to the secret place. Very few, even fewer, dwell in the secret place and live in the secret place and abide in the secret place. That is the heart, the throne room, the presence of God. See, the secret place is the holy of holies. (laughs) The previously forbidden spot the previously forbidden spot see in Matthew 27 we read about the glorious day when Jesus Christ died on the cross gave up his spirit and when he gave it up it tells us that the curtain in the temple that separated the normal people from the entry to the holy of holies ripped from the very top to the very bottom and why is that because of the fact that the, the, the rocks cried out, the temple, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the curtain tore and that ruined the separation or got rid of the separation in between us and the holy place because of the fact that there was no more need for somebody to put a sacrifice in our place. 
because the ultimate sacrifice was just given in our place. There wasn't any need for a high priest to go into the Holy of Holies for us. The Lord said, because of the fact that I did this, now you have access to step into my presence. You have access to go and, and, and come boldly to the throne of grace. Who has kids here? Um... How many people, how many people, when your kids really, 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 really want something, do they say, hi, mommy, daddy? I still don't. When my kids, okay, I have promised my kids something and then got busy, like we've all done. I've said, okay, yeah, 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 we'll go out to the park. We'll go, yeah, yeah, okay. How many of you know that my kids came to me every five minutes and said, Daddy, why don't we go to the park? And they came boldly before me because of the fact that they know that I'm their daddy. And if they bug me enough, they're going to, most of the time, get what they want. Not all the time, most of the time, but especially if it's something that I have promised to them. The Lord has promised so many things. The scripture tells us what? Remind me of my promises daily, and yet we are meek when we have the ability to go boldly before the throne of grace. I realize that we do prayer we do prayer. We, we do fasting. We do praise and worship. We do all of these things. And we do it a lot. And, and from talking to a lot of different people and a lot of different churches and a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different settings, they say, I pray and 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 I don't see any results. Can I, can, I, can I mess with y'all's theology just for a second? Can I, can I, can I ask or say something that, that might go against preconceived notions of Christianity and belief? There is no power in prayer alone. Just want to make sure y'all didn't turn me off up there. Okay, there is no power in prayer alone. And here's what I mean. Muslims pray five times a day at set times. Buddhists pray. Other religions pray, and they pray faithfully. You know what I found out is that even Satan worshipers pray. They do. Satan worshipers pray. See, we pray the word of God and we declare the word of God. We pray things over our lives, like, you know, the Christianese, hey, by his stripes I am healed. You desire to give your beloved peace and sleep. Lord, I know you have a plan for my life. And how many times have we just recited those things 
in prayer because they haven't become real in here. See, we have a lot of knowledge, but they haven't dropped to the spirit. We have a lot of ability to recite things, but there's no power behind them. See, those things will not work until God gives them to you and they become real to you. The only time that they can have effectiveness in your life and the only time that they will work in your life is when you combine your knowledge with the presence of the Lord. Because that is the only time, again, that there's power. When he brings his presence, he brings the power. In order to have power, you have to have his presence. And so going through the motions will not work. It won't work. Until you are in the presence of the God, and, and uh, to, until you're in the presence of God, and no longer is it going through the motions, but it's a sincerity of heart because of the fact that you're saying, Lord, I yield to you, bring your presence. The difference and the only time that there is power to see results in anything and everything that we do is when we get into the presence of the Lord. The issue that arises that I have a tendency to see, and especially in charismatic settings, is the fact that sometimes we have a tendency to confuse the presence of God and the power of God with our emotion. See, a soothed ear and a goosebumps and a tingly and a, and a feeling does not equal the presence of the Lord. See, we can drum up emotion, and we've gotten really good at drumming up emotion, and we've gotten really good at going through the motions, and we've gotten really good at doing that. But again, the only time that there is real change, real healing, real peace, real clarity, real shift in the atmosphere only came and only comes when we encounter the presence of the Lord. I have found that one of the easiest ways, quickest ways, and again, this is no 12-step program and this is no, there is no formula to the presence of the Lord, but there's a major component is repentance. It's repentance. Without repentance, we have a separation between us and the Lord. All of a sudden, when we decide that we want to step into sin, we allow that curtain to go back up. Jeremiah 59.2 says this, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Now, I'm also talking about true repentance. Not the, I'm sorry, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. I'm sorry. I mean true repentance, change of heart. Lord, I am sorry that I grieved your heart. Turn around 180 degrees and run away from sin. Run away from sin. The Lord says that if we turn back to our sin, that we're foolish. Ouch. When you lay it down, don't pick it back up. Leave your garbage there. You've been forgiven. Why are you picking it back up again? Proverbs 26.11 says, As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. (laughs) Run! (laughs) Run! Run! 
When you repent, turn and run. Don't repeat it. Secondly is the act that we read about in one of my absolute favorite scriptures. Psalm 91, verse 1. That's very interesting. Psalms this summer. Bethesda. You should sign up. <laughs> Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I really got to thinking about that, and I said, wow, okay, what's the definition of dwell? I mean, I thought I knew what the definition of dwell was. That's cool. But what is the real definition of dwell? So I went to Merriam-Webster. I said, hey, Mr. Webster, what do you say about the word dwell? So dwell's definition is to stay or live somewhere, to remain and continue within. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, we get so caught up. In the acts, we get so caught up in the works, we get so caught up in getting our senses tingled and feeling Holy Spirit goosebumps and getting our ears tickled that we've forgotten and we have gotten away from the true fire and the manifestation and the hunger for the Lord and for the Spirit. You cannot fake or force the power and the fire and the presence of the Lord. You can try. You can try. I've seen people try. I guarantee you 100% of the time it will be a failure. You will lose 100% of the time. How many in here have been to a sporting event, Black Friday shopping, a concert? Huh? Almost everybody in here, right? So, especially with events like a live, okay, so we'll use a live because, you know, it's a Christian event. So, we're willing to stand outside, okay, we're willing to get in our vans, get everything ready, prepare for hours, go ahead and truck a bunch of people up here to this event, stand in the absolute freezing cold for hours to, to, to I'm sorry, not a live, uh, winter jam. Um, yeah, it's not cold in the summer when a live is, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in Ohio, so that's true. <laughs> so we're willing to go up there, stay in line for hours in the absolute freezing cold to get in, to wait another hour, to sit through a few hours of our favorite show, our favorite venue, get our favorite deals, do our favorite things, eat our favorite meal. But when it comes to getting in the presence of Christ, we turn on praise and worship for five minutes do a little Shundai Rundai tie my bow tie, sell my Honda, and expect an answer. Guys, when we get as fanatical about being in the presence of the God of God as we are about getting to hear our favorite bands, get our favorite deals, see our favorite team, when God becomes more real than your circumstances, when he becomes more real than your sickness, when he becomes more real than your disease, when he comes, becomes more real than your poverty, your, your health issues, your addictions, then and only then will you see the true, honest manifestation of the presence and the power of the Lord. When we spend as much time hungering after the presence of the Lord as we do hungering after getting an autograph after a, a sporting event, we're going to get somewhere. Right. Then we will see revival. 
then we will see the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the salvations that Christ has promised us if we would obey and abide in his presence and walk in his presence. When I ask you, where is your spiritual address? Where do you live? Where do you dwell? Is it in the world? Is it in worry? Is it in frustration? Is it in things? Is it in acts? Is it in do, 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 do? Or is it in the presence of the Lord? What happens when we abide and live in the secret place is this promise. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We continue under the shadow of the Almighty. This means daily life, not just Wednesdays and Sundays. I was like, okay, Lord, you mean I actually have to, like, walk this out with my neighbors? Like, I got to go talk to that guy over there? Are you sure? He, he looks a little different. He acts a little different. He smells a little different. Are you sure? Yes, because we continue under, we abide under, we live under the shadow of the Almighty. The amazing thing in Acts 5, we read that the shadow of Peter, if you remember was healing people that were brought to the streets. They found out that they were walking through and people were bringing their sick and they were bringing their demon-possessed and they were bringing things. And when the shadow, no laying on of hands, when the shadow of Peter passed those people and went over them, they were getting healed. They were getting delivered. They were being set free. And let me tell you, it's not because of the fact that it was Peter. And it's not because of the fact that it was Peter's shadow. It was because of the fact that Peter had a revelation that dwelling in the presence of the Lord and carrying the presence of the Holy Spirit with him allowed the Lord to flow through him and be used. It had nothing to do with Peter. The shadow of the Almighty means that no matter what you go through, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what happens at school, work, church, the job, guess what? No harm, no sickness, no poverty can exist, no hopeless situation can take hold when the presence of the Lord is lived in and dwelt in. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. Do you want to see your family transformed? Do you want to see your city transformed? Do you want to see your work situation transformed? Do you want your healing to take place? Do you want to see the nation turn back to God? If you do, it's not going to happen with better politics and good intentions. <laughs> it's not going to happen with better politics and, and good intentions. Only the folks that catch the fire of the Holy Spirit. The ones that are willing to stand tall and stand firm behind the pulpit and, and preach the unperverted, unwatered-down word of God. The ones who are willing to stand boldly on the streets and the highways and the byways. The ones who are willing to draw the line in the sand and point the finger in the devil's face and say, I want my stuff back. Enough is enough. 
that is when we will see the nation turn back to God. That's when you're going to see transformation in your family. That's when you're going to see your neighborhood start to get saved. That's when you're going to start seeing people coming through the doors of this church for night of hope. And as soon as they step over the threshold, because the presence of the Lord is in here, because there's on fire, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled people in this church, when they step through the, or step through the, the threshold of that door, you're going to start seeing deliverance. You're going to start seeing healing. You're going to start seeing things happen just by the presence of the Lord. So what starts with repentance? True repentance initiates the blood of Christ over your life. I like to think of repentance as a spiritual draino. You repent, it cleans out the blockage from your heavenly downspout. You know, your, your drinking receptacles are no longer clogged up with garbage. They're cleaned out. Praise and worship. Praise and worship is huge. Praise and worship brings adoration to Christ. Just like in our services, the only thing that God gets out of our service, if you think you show up for God, I'm sorry to inform you. Um, the only thing that God gets out of it is our praise and our adoration, our time of praise and worship. That's what God gets out of our services. In Psalm 22, it tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. What does inhabit mean? To live. To live in. See, to live in the secret place needs to be our address. When we get into praise and worship, we begin to discover the Lord's address. I'll let that one sink in for a little bit. Prayer. I cannot stress to you the importance of a prayer life. <laughs> there is a lot of importance in your prayer life. See, your prayer life will dictate the outcome of your physical life. Prayer brings fire. Look at the example in the upper room. We read about that, of course, Pentecost Sunday. It was just this past Sunday. We, we learned about that. We read about that. Prayer brings the fire. Look at the example in the upper room. The late portion of chapter 1 and the early portion of chapter 2 in the book of Acts. It says they were waiting upon the Lord. And they prayed until the wind and the fire came upon them. Because they were in unity. Prayer brings unity. His word. In this place, when you've repented and you've got all that stuff cleaned out, you're praising and you're worshiping, you're enjoying the Lord, 
then you can begin to see the power of the word. I've experienced this firsthand lately. It's funny. You're like at your house, you're sitting, you're comfortable, and you're minding your own business, and you're reading the word. And then all of a sudden, you start laughing hysterically. And God just comes in and completely interrupts your life. That happened to me today. My kids come around the corner, and they, they, they're thundering down the stairs, and they come around the corner like, Daddy, what's wrong? What are you doing? You okay? What's so funny? And they came over. <laughs> and they came over, and I had the laptop open because I was reading the word on the laptop. I know it's not paper. I'm sorry. But I was reading it on the laptop. And they came over, and they poked their little heads around, you know, like a, like a puppy dog. And like, what you doing? Um, what's so funny? My oldest said, what's so funny? Um, uh, uh, Daddy, I thought you were watching a video. There's only, like, boring words on the screen. I don't understand. <laughs> and I started laughing even harder, and I had to uh, explain to him. It was a great teaching moment about how the Word of God is alive. It's not just dead words on a screen. It's not just dead words on a page because of the fact that, again, when you enter into the presence of God and when you repent and your life is clean, the Word becomes real to you. The word becomes alive to you. Then life happens because you're ushering in, you're yielding to the presence of the Lord. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was, is God. In essence, when you get into his presence, God can finally become real. That was a huge issue with me before I started going through the fire. God used to be the big man in the sky. I knew of God. God had his hand on my life. God had a call on my life. Still has, I should say, God has a call on my life. God has opportunity. God has saved my life multiple times. But my opinion was God is this big figure in the sky and he's watching over us and he is either going to give us a big thunders clap if we do something good or he's going to despise us if we do something bad. And so I had the fairy tale God image in my head. But when I started coming into the presence of the Lord, when I started learning how to yield to the presence of the Lord, then all of a sudden, God became real. God became real. When you begin to get his word alive in your life, you begin to understand his will and his heart. This is where the Lord can speak to you. Such a precious time. This is where the Lord has permission to begin drawing you in. This is where you begin to touch the throne room of God. When you get to know him, 
you begin to get the invitation to his dinner table. See, I was always satisfied with the crumbs that would fall off the table. I think there's some people in here that are satisfied with the crumbs that fall off the master's table. The Lord values you more than that. Why are you satisfied with the crumbs when the Lord has invited you to dine at the table? Why settle for mediocre when the Lord wants to give you everything? The Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. Why settle? When you take time for the Lord, when you wait upon the Lord, he begins to take time to draw you near and into his home and into the secret place. The Lord starts to draw you into the secret place with him. Like I said, there's no special formula. There's no 12-step program. There's no secret plan and secret society. No secret handshake, door knock, and you know. You don't have to do any of that and go through the motions of, I, I don't know, that was, you know. There's no secret to getting into the presence of the Lord. Unless it's a secret because no one's told you, and I know that we've been told. Unless you allow yourself to realize it's as simple as yielding. Yield to him. I found what you do and what you allow yourself to happen in the secret place and in the presence of the Lord will be rewarded openly. You want to see lives changed? Dwell there. Get in his presence. You want to see healing? Get in his presence. You want to see your kids changed? Get in his presence. My kids come up to me and tell me about scripture now. <laughs> because of his presence. One of the major things that I've learned is we can't expect God to show off publicly when we're not willing to get intimate in secret. It's about the heart. It's about yielding. It's about dwelling. It's about having expectation that the Lord is still the Lord other than Sundays and Wednesdays, but in everyday life because we dwell within his presence.
Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.